Hello, he's young. And he's adult. Uh, and you're listening to Young Adult. Where we're reading through Mistborn, The Final Empire, by Brandon Sanderson. Yep, today we're covering Chapter 7. Yep, so make sure to have read that before listening. I stride in the room all young and hip. <laughs> um, okay, as always, the chapter opens with a snippet. Yeah, uh, I, I, I'm, some, I'm suddenly thinking. Do you think we should address the fact that we've been gone for two weeks? Uh, <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, for, for those it's been a week, it's two episodes, right? Yeah, two. We've, that's right. We've gone for two episodes. Um, we 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 missed, we missed two. Uh, if you follow our Twitter, you'll know that we've been having all sorts of trouble with microphones and scheduling. Uh, Hopefully fixed now. Still not, not not totally out of the woods, but you know we're getting there. The path is in sight. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, um, so as always, the chapter opens with this snippet uh, from someone who's probably the Lord Ruler, but we still don't know for certain. I mean, well, <laughs> it's it was pretty much confirmed, like in chapter six. Yeah. Well, I, after after. Some of the the stuff that we thought was confirmed getting disconfirmed this chapter. Uh, I'm, I'm <laughs> reluctant to be too confident about things. Um, but yeah, this, this snippet it doesn't really tell us that much. It's just he he meets some guy called Rashek, okay, in Terrace who does not like him. Yep, yep, that's the snippet. Uh, as always, the uh, the rune below the uh, chapter number. Uh, is continuing clockwise on the map, so... Yeah, pretty soon we'll we'll get to find out if they'll loop or what's going to happen with that. Yeah. Um, We're nearing uh, the end of part one. Yeah, that's that's true. In fact, are there... Is it eight chapters in part one? Yeah, it's eight chapters in part one. I don't know about the next That's interesting, because that, that's exactly the number of, uh, of points on that compass with the runes in the map. Is it? Yeah, eight. Is it eight or ten? No, it, it's eight because it's it's the the four north, south, east, west, and then the four in between. Northeast. Yeah, so. I I believe you, but I'm checking anyway. Um. Yep. Yeah, so uh, the chapter opens exactly where the last one left off, but jumping to Kelsier's perspective, uh, as he's chatting with his brother Marsh. Um, Arguing with his brother Marsh. Yeah. <laughs> I just read the. Uh, the dedication for the first time, and it's so sweet. For Beth Sanderson, who's been reading fantasy for longer than I've been alive, and fully deserves to have a grandson as loony as she is. That's nice. That seems sweet to me. Uh, and the first thing we learn is that Marsh used to be the leader of the Sky Rebellion. Yep. Well, well, I actually had one point just before that, which is just noting on the fact that it had been three years since Kelsier and Marsh had met. Oh, that's true. Which is, that's the first time we get a definite number. Which I assume means that it's been three years since Kelsier was thrown into the pits? Probably, yeah. I say thrown into the pits, like, now that we know it's like a mining town, I don't know whether I should say into the pits as if it's a physical pit that has a mining town in it, or if it's just a mining town. I'm still picturing, like, a single giant pit, and there there are forms of mining that are giant pits. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's accurate, though. I'm kind of picturing, like... I don't even know. But, like, just a ginormous big hole in the ground with just a village inside it. Which... Yeah. Well, I... I, I don't know. I, I kind of picture just, like, there's buildings around the edge of this giant pit, and then... Which doesn't necessarily make that sense, because you think the pit would be getting bigger. Look, <laughs> my mental images of things don't necessarily make any sense. Yeah, um, I think mine... Mine sounds more reasonable. Yeah, probably. Yeah, so... Yeah, I just thought it would be interesting, you know, that it was interesting yeah. to know that they'd been three years, which is quite a long time. But, you know, it's not, you know, unusual. A lot of people, when they grow up, don't talk to their siblings as much. Yeah. So, Marsh it's opens his uh, his argument with... A, by throwing down a list of the 11 men Kelsier killed last night. So, he's he's sort of representing the more... Uh, moral position. We were... I mean, I say moral, you know what I mean. He's, uh... A more squeamish position, perhaps. 
you know, we we were talking about how Kelsier was very eager to kill these guys. Um, and Marsh seems a lot less keen on that. Marsh puts forward, like, the argument that, like, yeah, they were ska trader people, but they were still just men trying to put... Well, some of them were. ...food. Some of them were minor nobles, but, um... Yeah, but, I mean, the other people he killed were just people trying to, you know, put food on the table. Yeah. I do wonder how he got this list. Like, what? what is his deal that he can just get a list of everyone who died in the attack? That's... That's a weird thing to, ha- to have a I mean, to hand. He's noted as to be like slightly cleaner than, you know, a- another type of person who's cleaner than the average person, the average ska, I should say, which I guess would mean he's like just a higher level ska. Maybe I mean, being the ex leader of the ska rebellion means he probably has contacts. Yeah, I guess that's true. He, uh, the other point that jumped out to me during this argument was that uh, he, accu- he accuses Kelsier of, he says, why lead Yidin along, pretending to accept him as your employer? And later on he says, how did this start anyway? Did Yidin come to you, or did you go to him? And Kelsier goes, does it matter? Completely uh, <laughs> avoiding the question, yeah. Yeah, so uh, de- definitely playing into the stuff we- we- we've been saying, that it-, it really does seem like he's the one in the driving seat here. Yeah. And so Marsh Marsh is basically making a lot of the points that we were already thinking. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that he would disassociate himself from the rebellion, you know, stop being their leader. But he doesn't like the idea of them actually getting what they want, even I mean, I know he's more kind of annoyed that Kelsier is using them to get a prize. Yeah, well, I think it's but, more that the methods he disagrees with. I mean, like, he says to Kelsier, you know, oh, you shouldn't use the rebellion as part of one of your jobs to get a prize, you know, to get what you want. I don't have the actual quote highlighted because I have a book, but I I remember that clear enough that I kind of commented on it in my notes. Yeah, uh, I think you're, th- you're thinking of this passage. How dare you? How dare you try and hijack the rebellion for one of your little jobs? How dare you use this dream as a way of enriching yourself? And Kelsier obviously says, that's not what I'm doing, but... Um, Marsh pretty pretty it, easily just throws him down. It's like, uh, yeah, it is. He, then he <laughs> literally points to the board and is like, massive adium stockpile. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's interesting, though. As you say... Marsh has left the rebellion. Like this is a weird. It doesn't really make Dynamic, much. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next point that Marsh brings up is, uh, despite what she did, sometimes I wish that you hadn't been the one to survive the pits. Harsh. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's harsh, but uh, despite what she did, so it sounds like she was the one who betrayed them. Ooh, wait, what? That's what you think? That's what I think. I I, we can, I can put that out as a prediction. I mean. Marsh doesn't like them in general. I mean, they were thieves. She I guess, helped them. I guess that's true. That's she also... She was a Tinai. But, like, you know, she was a Tinai. She was an Alamancer, and she was assisting their thieving robbery and stuff. I guess that's true. I, I definitely read this as that she was the one who betrayed them. I mean, we knew that there was a betrayal. That did not click in my mind at all. Do we know there's a betrayal? I thought it was just that they messed I up. I believe it's been mentioned before that they messed up, that they failed because of a, a betrayal within the group. Huh. Well, yeah. yeah. And immediately after after the uh, Kelsier says Kelsier uh, does not find this hard. She goes, "Yeah, I wish the same thing every day. If only I well, had yeah, been but one that, to die." Well, yeah, but that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, that's survivor's guilt. Yeah, that's um, the fact that his wife is dead. I know, I know. I just, just Marsh is a... his brother, and it's like, yeah, I wish you were dead, bro. <laughs> How would you feel if I said that to you? Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, when when. Kelsier says this, so Marsh looks at him with and uh, with the eyes of a seeker, uh, which we, we'll learn later in this chapter. It must be good at Quidditch. It's mind reading, essentially. Uh, and whatever he saw inflected inside of Kelsier must have finally met with his approval. So that's interesting. We learn what... Well... Mind reading? Um, I suppose, strictly speaking, this doesn't disprove our idea that Marsh might be uh, a misborn. <laughs> um, you know, trying to quietly flick through your notes and figure that out. 
Yeah. Um, pretty yeah, much. That was. Uh, well, I can't remember which one, which metal that was. We'll we'll come to that in a minute anyway. But um, during this chapter, because we got so much exposition, I was trying to write down like a list of like, you know, what the metals did, their pairings, and their like slang names. You know, so I had like pewter is strength, tin is enhanced senses. That's pair one. Thugs and tin eyes, and yeah. then for I then I wrote down bronze is sense alamancy, copper is hide alamancy, and then seekers and smokers. Yeah, well, it it seems I like, didn't read it as mind reading. I believe there's a mention. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll see later on, but I believe there's some talk about uh, that smoker powers can they also hide your thoughts and stuff like that. Well, um, well, they did mention how. You know, your emotions couldn't be messed with. But that was about it, I think. Yeah. You know, like... Uh... Uh, well, well, as I said, we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, meanwhile, uh, so they, they, they finish up their conversation. Uh, Kelsier figures out that our heroine is listening at the door. Uh, which is pretty funny. She just kind of, like, runs away. It's like she does the old ruffle your hair and rub your eyes trick. In, fa- in fairness, I, I don't. I, I mean, he 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 saw like a flicker of shadow. I, he wouldn't have known for sure that it was her if it, he hadn't been using Alamancy to to track her movements with metal and stuff. Yeah, I did find that pretty funny. Like the second she hears them coming, she just kind of sprints down her bedroom, like yeah, musses, musses up her hair, untucks her shirt to make it look like she's been sleeping. Um, which I didn't actually realize it was nighttime by now. Apparently, because. I mean, this has that's like movie level badness of consistency of time. Because I feel like it was like midday when the meeting started, and yeah, I took like an hour reading that chapter, maybe. But now like, that you say it, yeah, <laughs> I th- I th- didn't get the impression the meeting started in the evening. It didn't seem that long. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe, maybe, maybe we might be mistaken though. Uh, we, we can double check that at some point. Um, but Kester isn't mad. He just wants to begin your training. Which ding 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 that finally marks exposition. <laughs> yes, it also officially marks our prediction that he will be training her, uh, being oh. unambiguously true. I mean, that's already we already knew that was true. But. By the way, just from this chapter, I don't think this was an official prediction because it wasn't really story related. I remember saying that Kelsier was gonna just dump everything, most of it on at once. Uh... Well, and you and I remember you saying something about him probably teasing it along because it's a book. <laughs> uh, that's true. I have been saying. Tell me after this chapter, who was right? Well, he certainly lays it all out there. Like, like I said, yeah, he he yeah. logically should, but it doesn't seem like he's going to. Uh, yeah, I mean, he lays most of it out there. There's still a bit of. Yeah, yeah you can't save yourself. I won. Hmm. I won this non-official competition. Um, yeah, so, he takes Vin, uh, outside, but before they leave, what does he give her? A Mistborn cloak. Yep. Which is yeah, cool. Mistborn cloak. We get a little more kind of talk about how it feels to wear it this time, rather than how it looks. Hmm. Which, it's the same as how it looks, really. It's like you got a coat, and then it's just tassels. All the way down from your back, which I just think is stupid. It's <sighs> look, I, I, you can't I, really, you can't make it sound cool. I think it could look cool in the right circumstances, but uh, the way it it's described, is, I don't like it. It's something that will be very easily. It could very easily look dumb, like you know, like the way. It's described, I picture, like, after, like, the shoulder blades, it kind of becomes tassels or streamery kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Like, that's the idea. Not like thick strips, which I could picture, like, coolly, like, fluttering out. And, like, I felt like if I was designing this... Yeah, I'm still not really I'd have clear it, like, how thick this cloth is. Because, like, earlier they talked about, like, dozens of strips or something like that. I think they actually. Desc- I think he actually describes it as streamers. Like, I think that's the literal words. Streamer-like strips or something. Uh, she calls them ribbon-like strips of cloth here. Yeah, um, I mentioned the chapter where they were first yeah. introduced. 
I think I think they're described literally as, you know, ribbons and streamers and stuff, which doesn't give off the impression of like a thick strip. It gives off the impression of like a little thin kind of string. <laughs> like I felt like if I was designing this, I would have had the coat part and like I don't know like at your waist. And then go into thick strips. I can picture that kind of working, but no, this I'm, one, I'm, I just, I'm pretty sure it's just it's, I don't it's sort like, of like this. Just around your shoulders, and then strips all the way down. Yeah, I I know. I'm just saying. Yeah. If I had been writing this and I had this idea for a potentially cool, you know, and unique item, along with like you know glass daggers, which is kind of cool. I'm still a little. What I keep thinking of with this description of the cloaks is those sort of cowboy shirts where they're leather and they've got tons of tassels all over them. Yeah, I mean that's not that's not exactly what, what what's described here, but if you basically took one of those and like massively multiplied the, the number of tassels and then like removed just just like stripped stripped away like the the torso, so it's just like. Do you think this is meant to be shoulders. a Mistborn cloak? I'm looking at the the cover of my edition. And I can kind of see it being a Mistborn cloak, but it's nothing like it's described. Yeah, that doesn't follow the description at all. Uh, but they could be what it's, in, uh, what it's meant to be. It's just a regular cloak that's sort of fluttery. Yeah. It doesn't... It's not the coolest description. But I can I can kind of see it. It's very, like, unique and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so Kelsier also talks about uh, the origin of the Mistborn and Mistings. Um, just to say... You know, people say it's the Lord Ruler, but other people that I've been talking to say it's actually, it comes from the Mists themselves. Um, And it's nothing to do with the Lord Ruler, which, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, seems like it's probably the case, as we've been saying. Um, I'm kind of just looking at fan art now. (laughs) Well, don't don't look at too much for you, you might spoil yourself. Um, This is some cool fan art. Yeah, see, I, I, I'm telling you, it, it, it can look good. No, no, I don't mean the cloaks. They look terrible. Like, that doesn't look cool at all. That looks so dumb. That does look kind of dumb, yeah. That's like the first one. I mean, comes up it's a really, that's a really good picture, though. Um, it's, it's a great drawing. Shout out to... It doesn't say who no, it. I just... I'm looking at Google Images. Sorry, artists. But click you on, go. You click, go. On the, click on this. Let's, let's... You could look it up and find it. Um, but, um... Yeah, so at this point, we get the the big ol' this is the lesson. <laughs> it's pure exposition, and that's great. I love I love this exposition. So, yeah, our first our first lesson that I'm going to touch on here is Mistborn identities are closely guarded house secrets. So they're kind of like superheroes, is the vibe I'm getting, or and I guess supervillains. I'm sorry, I'm just laughing at this one picture. is just ridiculous. Look at this one. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that's not good. That's not good. <laughs> Looks like a scarf. Needs a lot more tassels. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, this is this is real great. This is the real podcasting content right here. Us looking at pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google it yourself if you want, but um, I mean, whoa, that's a that's sorry. I just found some like Steel Inquisitor fan art. And that's pretty cool looking. I feel like that's possibly a minor spoiler if you count that as but I don't think that's a spoiler, but Yeah, but maybe do stop looking I, I will at I won't mention that one. And I'll stop looking at fan art. Um Yep, so uh but the first the first metal we we get taught about is pewter. Um which we already pretty much knew about. Um although we do get the detail that you'll react more quickly when you're burning it, so we didn't really know that. Yeah. But basically, it's it makes you super strong. It makes you super tough. We knew that, um, and we get the clar- We also got the clarification that yeah, it's it's basically a static power level for all of the metals, but you can flare them to get a burst of extra power. So all of these pewter thugs are going to be about the same super strength level, but they can burn up a bit of extra pewter in order to get that extra boost of strength. Or yeah, potentially durability. I want to mention uh, a thing or two here. Now, about the pewter, uh, before it was revealed that Vin almost definitely burned pewter before, 
I had written down Vin burned pewter before question mark, and then it talks about how there were like pewter mugs and stuff, and she would have been burning trace metals, which I'm pretty sure confirms your theory from chapter one about how when or chapter two or whatever when Vin got hit by that chair and got that sudden burst of strength to get up. Yeah, I don't. I'm starting to think that maybe you were right. I did, I didn't put that down as a prediction because I didn't consider that. We were ever likely to get any direct confirmation of that. But that's semi-direct. Uh, that's pretty... But this certainly is, suggests that, yeah, I was probably right about that. Yeah. I also uh, wrote down, you know, they had this conversation, and they kind of had it before, but uh, when they're wearing their Mistborn cloaks, which you do not have to earn, apparently, which I thought was a funny line, then going like, Hey, don't I have to earn this Mistborn cloak? And Kelsey's like, what do you mean, earn it? You have powers. Here's your cloak. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, but anyway, uh, Kelsier gives her this talk about how, you know, all guards and stuff won't touch you if you're wearing a Mistborn cloak. Similar to, you know, if you're walking around during the day wearing noble clothing. Right. Uh, which is just, you know, interesting. With the, with the added bonus that they're sort of protecting the secret identities. Yeah. They don't want to unmask some major noble as a Mistborn who would not be pleased. Yeah, and might very well kill them. Because it seems like a very killy world. Yeah. I mean... Well, certainly if they're a, a ska traitor, um, if, if they're a minor noble themselves, maybe they'd be a little better off. Yeah. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't think even minor noble town guards are in that great of a position. I wrote these notes with a very fresh memory of this chapter, so I didn't need to take down the order, because usually we're, we record, like, the day after or on the day. Uh, but, of course, we ran into technical issues that day. So, I now, I don't remember the order of which they talked about the medals, so I, I didn't uh, have that yeah, written well, down. That, that, that's fine. I'll, I'll, I, I, I can take care of that. Um, before we actually reach the next medal, though, uh, Kilster brings up a pretty important point, which is that the purity of the metals is a big deal, and it's only these specific metals. He 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 goes into the whole thing about how, which I've been t- complaining about, <laughs> not, not complaining, but speculating about, um, you know, how about how there's these, there's different alloys and so on, and it, it kind of seems strange. So only these specific alloys work, only in certain specific percentages. Um, yeah, I thought that if, was really cool. Yeah, if you go too far, then they'll just make you ill, apparently. And a bit disappointing. Yeah, that is a bit disappointing. I was hoping for death. <laughs> I don't know. I. Um, he uh, he also explains in that same paragraph, I think, that that's why they use the vials. Yeah. Which is cool because the vials contain pure light metal filings. Yeah. With the so right percentages. He, he does. He does say that you can get some benefit from less pure sources, uh, such as. Vin eating off of pewter uh, utensils and eating things. Eating off of... <laughs> the way you said that made me like, think of her biting into the... <laughs> eating off of pewter. Not eating <laughs> I know pewter. how you said it. I'm thinking about how I heard it. And it made it sound uh, but like yes, she was but going that, But it. there's that too. I Look, at some point, for God's sake, if they're going to make such a big deal about, which, about the metals and the, what type of metal is what and all that, we've got to see somebody burn pewter, and bite into a piece of metal and eat it for the power. It's got to happen someday. I want it to happen. That is how I pictured this before I started reading If it book. doesn't happen, I'm going to be kind of annoyed because why Why make it metals? Like, what does it matter? <laughs> if it's just, if they're just potions. That you can I mean, only... <laughs> they're not potions. They're potions containing metal. Yeah, but... Well, we'll, we'll, we'll see also, how this goes. I just had a thought. Do you remember when... Kelsier gets that adium. Yeah. Do you remember how they were like like little balls rather than like the ne- neat little filings? Yeah, they were kind of beads. Do you think he could swallow those? Like, yes, I do. You know, think like that. a pill. I do think he could, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing. You, you get that with metals sometimes, like little gold nuggets, for example. Um, so I, I imagine that might be sort of how an adium naturally comes, maybe, or. I don't know. Yeah. No, I was just thinking, like, he, you know, he talks about how the pure metal filings and stuff are put together by people 
putting them together for Alamancers. Yeah, they're a specific Alamancer product. Which is why I just suddenly kind of thought it was weird that this noble didn't have the vials. They had the, like a bag full mm. of beads. That's a good point. But if you can just they could, swallow the beads. Yeah, then. it could be that the beads are actually specifically made as like pills for you to swallow and get whatever amount of adium power, whatever that is. Yeah, we're still not 100% about like power levels and stuff. How much yeah. power you get. Um, so we're still we're still on pewter here, and uh, we get so. Alamancer's pewter is an alloy of ninety one percent tin, nine percent lead. So, there goes all my speculation about how he, he actually brings up that uh, pewter is generally accepted as an alloy of tin mixed with lead, perhaps with some copper or silver, depending on the use and the circumstances. So, I had been speculating based on the fact that it often contains copper, uh, but nope, that's not not Alamancer's pewter. So I was totally wrong there. Um, but that is something that Brandon Sanderson has been considering, apparently. So I wasn't totally daft to be thinking about these things. Yeah, I was actually surprised that there was any science in this at all. <laughs> um, like, I just was. Yeah. And we get, we get an explanation here of roughly how the whole alloy thing works. Uh, he <laughs> says, there are two metals for every power. One pushes, one pulls. The second is usually an alloy of the first. For emotions, the external mental powers, you pull with zinc and push with brass. Uh, so, first of all, yeah, remember how Clubs talks about how copper or no copper, he's he doesn't he doesn't trust these uh, emotional soothers. Um, we just assumed that he meant that copper was what the soothers were using. That's not what he meant, as we'll see in a moment. Uh, in fact, what he meant was that he uses copper to protect himself from them. Um, yeah, so didn't even consider that a prediction. I just thought that was something it was telling us. And he says that you just use pewter to push your body. And in a moment, uh, he talks about um, tin being the pair of that. So, which makes sense because pewter is mostly tin. So I guess tin is, is pulling your body, specifically your senses, which is something that I kind of suggested might be the case. Um, mm -hmm. again, not, not totally how I thought it would be, but, uh, yeah, um, your hands are just going mad, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gesturing to, to indicate how hand wavy everything I'm saying is. <laughs> um, it's intense gesturing. Yeah, he also warns that, uh, pushing and pulling your body too hard can be dangerous, uh, if you flare it too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You might so, just snap. Yep, so the, uh, he moves on to the lesson about tin, um, which, again, we already really knew how tin worked, um, with one little exception, which is that tin allows you to see the stars. <laughs> oh, yeah, because it's so, like, ashy and terrible, the sky. It's just smoke and ash and stuff. That they can't see the stars most nights. Yeah. Even worse, using Alamancy to look up and see the stars, he says, Wow, even with Alamancy, you can't always see the stars. <laughs> yeah. People used to be able to look up and see them every night. That was before the mists came. Before the ash mounts erupted ash and smoke into the sky. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, Which this is a grim place. We assume means before the Lord Ruler, you know, created the ash mounts. Which is at least what the uh, mythology in world suggests. Uh, you know, that it was the Lord Ruler that created the ash mounts. And that was your theory early on. But we haven't got, you know, definite confirmation of that yet. Yeah, okay, so uh, the next metal we learn about is bronze. The internal mental pulling metal. It lets you sense, which, look, this pushing and pulling thing doesn't make 100% sense, but whatever. Um, it lets you sense when someone is using alamancy nearby. Seekers like my brother use it. So you're right, it doesn't say anything about sensing emotions. Um, so I'm not sure why... You thought that at well, all? Well, well, Marsh was using his seeker powers on Kelsier, and he seemed to he seemed to be pleased with what he saw within him, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. If all he could do is sense Alamancy, I mean that'd be a pretty rubbish power on its own. Wait, what? Marsh. Marsh was using his seeker powers on Kelsier earlier. Yeah, but seemed pleased with what I thought. That just meant he was looking in its eyes and was like, 
ah, I don't think he's lying to me because I've known him for oh, 30 years. Oh, you know, years. you might be right. He was just looking at him and it's like, Marsh, who, by the way, is a seeker, was looking at him and seemed pleased with what he saw within him. Yeah, that, you know, like, when you know someone for a long time, you can tell if they're lying. Yeah, you might be right there. That's how I read that. Yeah. Okay, I, I may have misinterpreted that. It may be yeah. that he wasn't using his powers. It was The story was just casually mentioning, by the way, Marsh is a seeker. Just let's just throw that in there so you know that for future reference. Um, um which so we get the okay. word seeker. Is that the first time we get that? Uh, no, well we got the word seeker from Marsh as well. But yeah, yeah. Um, this chapter is the first mention of seekers. I'm pretty sure. Yay, new nickname thing. Um, <laughs> the nicknames. Yeah, great. so I'm a bit like okay. So if all this power does is let you sense Alamazi, that's a terrible power, isn't it? Not if you're a Steel Inquisitor. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, as we learned in a moment, all Steel Inquisitors are Seekers. Um, I think this plays into our theory that they're actually all Mistborn. Yeah, my theory. Yeah. <clears throat> Steal my cred. Uh, yeah, so Kelsier says... Can you read out the the line exactly? Uh, he says he's he's not sure if that's because Seekers are chosen to become Inquisitors, or if the process of becoming an Inquisitor grants the power. Yeah. Which actually makes it even sound more like they're probably misborn, to be honest. Like, if they're chosen because they're Seekers, then misborn would inevitably end up getting chosen as well, probably. But, in theory, if they were well, Alamancers who then learned how to use their Seeker abilities because they're misborn during their training. Yeah, they're clearly... That I mean, would kind of make sense. They're clearly more than just Seekers, so... Yeah. It would make sense if their other abilities were also coming from... Uh, and it would also make sense that they had other abilities because they have giant spikes driven through their heads, which, as Kelsier has already mentioned, he does not understand. Yeah, but it could make sense if they're sort of constantly burning pewter uh, yeah. plus and, and, and tin to figure out what's going on around them. Um... Maybe. I, I, I want to know why they have giant spikes driven through them. I want that to be clarified in this book. I wonder, could the spikes be some sort of metal dispensing system? I mean, the, the fact that they go through their heads doesn't really speak to that. Their eyes. like Yeah. Not even their mouths. But, I don't know. I mean... Because, wouldn't that suggest... I don't know, I mean, they're metal spikes. So, they're probably not burning the metal of the spikes, otherwise the spikes would just kind of come out eventually, right? Yeah, but it could be that they're, like, hollow spikes, and then inside them is, like, bits of metal, I don't know. What, like a Pez? Yeah, exactly, like a Pez. They've got, they've got two Pez dispensers rammed through their eyes. I... And in them are <laughs> little metal pills. That's terrible. I don't know. That cannot... If that's right, I'm gonna give you a euro, because that sounds... Ridiculous. Okay, well, I guess that has to go on the predictions now. Um, uh, and uh, then Kelsier burns copper, which, uh, as we've mentioned, is the smoker thing that we've been puzzling over. And all it does is, well, not all, well, the mo- main thing it does is hide use of your powers from other Alamancers. Uh, and also, it, it it's a little weird. So, within an area around you, it hides all use of Alamancy. In and, a copper cloud. Yeah. And for the person burning it, it renders them immune to emotional manipulation. But not for anyone else nearby. Not for anyone in the copper cloud. Yeah. So, I think earlier you were talking about smokers, or like, in another episode, in multiple episodes, you were talking about, you you thought smokers maybe created mists around them to hide, which wasn't far off. No, it is. It was copper clouds. It's disconfirmed. That (laughs) that was wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've been suspecting more and more that that was going to be wrong, and it is wrong. Yes, yes, it was. Now, I haven't... Neither of us really talked much about Vin this chapter, because she spends most of the chapter doing nothing, because it's really Kelsier talking to us. But Vin does have kind of one interesting moment, I felt, uh, well, with the blue lines. Yeah, she fi- she figures out. Well, see, she sort of figures out. She experiments with the uh, the metal manipulation powers, which again, these powers are quite weak powers, really, 
for an individual person to just have on their own. Yeah, I feel bad for, like, regular Alamancers who just aren't misborn. Yeah, like, they're... Combined, they're very powerful. But individually, I mean, the the, the pushing one is kind of okay because you can shoot projectiles. But the pulling one is rubbish. Well, I mean, you can super jump and stuff. Can't you? Or is not, that... not really. I mean, you Wait, could... Wait, no, because that's... That's the pushing one, isn't it? Pretty much. Ah, uh, oh, that sucks. I mean, you could... You can latch onto some roofs like Spider-Man and sort of pull yourself up. You can... Can you imagine you if can, people were just you, doing that all through the city? You can pull... If, if someone has metal on them, you can pull them towards you. you. The fact that you can sense metal with it as a side benefit uh, does help. But overall, it's still a pretty weak power. I mean, when you consider... like They're all kind of weak. Except for maybe Pewter. I feel like so far, they're all mostly terrible. Like, if you're just a smoker, then apart from being immune to, you know, emotional and mental disruption... Well, yeah. I mean, they're they're, they're what you might call a support class. They're they're only useful as part of a team. Your alamancy is completely useless unless you're being hired. I mean, it gives you the ability to be hired by people. But they are somewhat useful as part of a team. Yeah, but I mean, like, no wonder clubs became you know, a smoker for hire, because it doesn't do anything for him otherwise, does it? Not really. Um, it's not a useful power to have for yourself, which is why you'd make it not public, as in advertised, but... Yeah, it's... I I can't imagine what... I mean, I suppose... Okay, a seeker can, I guess... Again, they can work as part of a team watching out for enemy alamancers, I guess... I don't know how useful that is, though. The seeker is the lookout. Kind of, but the tin eye is the lookout. <laughs> I feel like being a tin eye at first would also be trash. Once you'd mastered it, I'd say it's grand. It'd be helpful. But at first, I mean, it sounds like it li- literally messes with your senses. You know, like, yeah, someone... Well... Kelsier to Vin, when she starts experimenting, uh, you know with tin he just goes ha really loudly in her ear and her head just goes ah yeah again we get this beat of tin eyes being vulnerable to intense stimulation like bright lights or loud noises which when you consider that their power is not that great to begin with it's not it, it seems a bit mean to saddle them with this weakness as well yeah I totally agree it's like just they're not good powers by themselves. They just aren't. Like, yeah. Well, okay. Steel pushing is kind of a decent power, um, and the thug pewter power. You know, it's your standard super strength toughness package. Yeah. Thugs. Okay. Tenice. Not great, to be honest. There, Seekers. I mean, there's, there's always a use for super senses, but Seekers. Not great, to be honest. Still not the worst thing ever. Smokers. Only good if you're part of a team. I'm going to call them Iron Pullers. We don't actually know. I think that's what they are, though, yeah. Iron Pullers. Pretty bad. As a solo power. Steel Pushers. That's, that's, I mean, Super Jumps. I like that idea. You can do the Super Jumps. You can do, uh, you can shoot projectiles. I mean, that's really it. And you can show people around if they have metal on them. Now, Rage Emotions. That's mm. terrible. Well, it is. No, no, for a solo power, that is awful. Soothing emotions, soothers, yes, that's actually that's a, a good that's, power. That's a pretty good power, yeah. That's a good power for personal use and manipulation. Great things in life. Yeah, you could go far you could go far as a soother. Raging <laughs> emotions, I mean, there are some use cases for it. I, I imagine they can probably pump up a group before a fight, that kind of thing. But in general... You can give people courage. That's uh, sort of a support support thing um and they could also start fights pretty easily but um, that's to start a fight okay maybe if you're trying to get yourself out of a situation you start a fight as a distraction maybe well but most of the time it's just not good yeah it's not great if you can if you can do it strongly enough to make your enemies fight each other there's some <coughs> potential there like a lot of video games and things will have a power that makes like the enemies start fighting each other um, they often call it, like, rage or something. 
Yeah. And I, I tend to be a fan of that power. It's... <laughs> I like it when enemy, my enemies fuck each other instead of me having to deal with them. Um, yeah. Same reason I love friendly fire in games. But as, less, as your only... As your only power... Well, look, even as your only power, it has something to it. Like, I mean, you, you've seen me playing Dark Souls with that spell that lets you convert monsters to your side. Which, yeah, I mean, which look, in practice just means makes them attack the nearest other monster. Rapport can be helpful, but... <sighs> How many times do you use it and it, like, really, really, really helps you out? Well, the thing with that thing is, it's actually so powerful that I tend... You, you can only get it near the end of the game, but it is such a powerful spell that I tend to, to hold back on using it too much because you really can just walk through levels just making all the enemies fight each other, and you're fine. Except um, you can't really, because most enemies are super weak and will just kill you, like, get killed before. There's a power like that in, uh, Plants vs. Zombies... Where you can... There's a mushroom that makes the zombies fight each other. And unless it's like a footballer zombie, and this must sound total nonsense to anyone who's no, never I, played I, I get it. Yeah, unless, I, unless it's a particularly strong zombie, then one low-level grunt is not going to be They actually... Trade. They usually get killed by the next low-level grunt because you've probably been attacking them before that. Okay, but consider... Imagine imagine if you're, if you're blasting a whole area with rage or whatever. Like, we don't know exactly how this power works, but if, if everyone in a whole area is an area is full of your enemies and nobody else, if they're all just driven to just start attacking each other, just they're just berserk. Yeah. But you want... You know, you can you'd have to have enemies. Yeah, you can... But, like... You can, As a person in life, that's, it's just not helpful most of the time. Okay, but... Unless... Unless... All, all of these powers... We're talking about their combat applications here. Most of them. I mean, I'm talking about them just in general. Like, if you're not... Right, an alamancer like, for hire or whatever, part of a club or team or gang, then most of these are just, they don't help you. They It does seem like... Like, if you are apply kind of, them to... They're designed to be part of a combined yeah. power set and split up, they seem... Some of them, they seem unbalanced, That's at the, at the very least. It's just... Outside of a group setting... Most of these powers aren't great. Except for... Definitely thugs, I think, have a pretty good deal. Although, Kelsier does mention how thugs tend to be... Thugs. Kind of... Which is kind of weird. Idiotic brutes. Is that... Like, is there a personality aspect to this? He did... You know, he literally says... Our ham is kind of an exception. Because ham is smart. Or he's at least... You know... Philosophical yeah, he's and the a thinker, of but, his crew. but he's the leader of the crew because presumably the rest of his crew are like muscled, you know, mooks or whatever. They just, yeah, they're just violent guys who they'll listen, they're loyal, and they're violent. You know, like <sighs> sounds rude to say military types, but military types. I, I mean, they're. That's weird, though, right? So, like, is it that if you happen to have, like, a sort of a grunt personality, you'll get... you'll tend to become a thug? Like, that's weird. Is, is, is I don't, this a personality power setting? I don't understand how it works. Like, we know that uh, Breeze is very slick. But is that because he's been a soother all his life and he's gotten what he's won all his life? Because he's... Or is it super... the other way around? Yeah, it's interesting. I... I... It's kind of confusing. Mm, and Marsh was looking with great insight, penetrating into Kelsier's very soul with his eyes. Yeah. And he's a seeker, which is kind of related to that, maybe. After this whole conversation, we've totally forgot about the thing. that We started off talking about one thing, and just got completely lost, and we've never actually resolved that one point, which was then using the blue lines. Oh, <laughs> yes. Uh, so Vin tries out using the the metal powers. Uh, she pulls a nail right towards herself and almost stabs herself with it. And yeah, Kelsey explains them. But uh, what what I was really trying to point out was she's still so not trusting of Kelsier. Well, Kelsier, yeah, Kelsier is like, oh, we'll maybe wait to to, to teach you about those powers. <laughs> They're 
their advanced level, and then she which tries. they are. <laughs> she almost tries. kills herself on her first attempt using well, them. But then he immediately teaches her them, so it doesn't really seem like they're necessarily that advanced. He gives her a vague outline of how to work them in case she's ever curious. No, they literally. They, then they then he starts teaching her how to super jump. Yeah, I mean. And he, he, he says as well, you'll find that these two are the most versatile and useful of your abilities. So, we, we were complaining that when Kelsier was fighting those goons, he was underusing this power, which seemed clearly superior to all his other powers, um, in, a, in a straight fight. The pushing one. Yeah, the, the, the metal... The, the, the steel push. Yeah, the, 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 the metal push and pull combo. And the fact that he was able to just... He was, he, he was fighting... Like, he fought, like, two guys over the course of multiple pages and then took out every other guy in the room in, like, five seconds by just using this one power to pull and push a single piece of metal and just bounce it off their heads. Yeah, I literally... I think I complained about this for, like, ten minutes in the last episode. Yeah, and he says here, it's the most versatile and useful of your abilities. Uh, yeah, Kelsier, so why didn't you use it? I mean, maybe he was trying to save it, I guess. Yeah, I mean, he... I know you just said this, and I ranted about this for a long time last episode, or episode for that. Whenever that fight actually happened, which not, I'm thinking about it might have been chapter 5. Uh, but anyway, I remember I ranted about it a lot then. But he literally spends 8 pages fighting, and then in one page kills like 4 guys. Because he just hits them really hard using his steel push and pull. Well, iron, steel, push yeah. and pull. But, uh, you know, he just, he gets a heavy metal object, and he just magics it around, whacking them in the head. We might start calling this combo metallokinesis, because that's what he's doing with it. Uh, because it, it it's awkward to have to go iron pushing and steel pulling every single time we refer to it. Thanks, Brandon. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. You're right, actually. He does tell Vin... No, this is too complex. She tries to use it, and he's like, you know what, actually, let's jump over this giant wall. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, what the hell, are you insane? That's our cliffhanger for the end of the chapter. Yeah, but uh, before that, and I'm, this is probably the reason, this, ent- this entire chapter is just an excuse for exposition. That's usually what the lesson I mean, it is, that chapters but are. But uh, good, it, good. it's done well. But um, this scene where Finn is curious... Thankfully, it was written into her character that she's just super untrustworthy and thinks Kelsey's going to string her along. A little like someone I know. Um, I think is an excuse. Is an excuse to get to the consequences, and you know, there are consequences to your actions when you use magic. Well, talk. yeah, Kelsey gives this whole speech about how uh, just if you you know if you overuse. Flaring tin and pewter, you'll damage yourself. Uh, if you, I mean, those are really the only consequences. And if you mess around with metal, you know, you you can push yourself backwards or that kind of thing. Yep. Um, um, I just thought the word that keeps coming to mind of you know overusing yourself uh, mentally or physically is you snap. Huh. That's an interesting point. That's. I mean, maybe that's just me, but that's what keeps coming to my mind. And it's. Yeah, I don't think. Well, I don't first know. of all, I'm pretty sure Kelsey was not was not an Alamancer before. He yeah, snapped. that's that's what I'm wondering. Like, what does "snap" capital S mean in this? Like, Still a mystery. Because he talks about snapping and then becoming an Alamancer. I mean, and that's because, well, what we presumed it was because his wife had died, and he was just mentally stressed out and going crazy. In fairness, that would fit with the whole personality powers idea. If to become an Alamancer. It's it's not just genetic. There's genetic potential, but then the actual form that your powers take is based on this sort of uh, what one might call a trigger event. Um, that's a reference to something you don't won't get. Uh, you get you get this in a lot of a lot of superhero things, which I've been kind of reference to like a book. Yeah, it's, it's fine. Um, I won't spoil. I won't. I won't give you spoilers for whatever I'm referencing. <laughs> um, you, but you get this in, in a lot of fiction, you know. The, when you when you develop, when a superhero develops their powers, you know they get powers sort of related to their origin story to a degree, or often their personality. Uh, like say in the Fantastic Four, 
Are you talking about worm? Like I said, there's a lot of different ones that do this. I'm trying to figure <laughs> out... You've, you've intrigued me now, and I want to know what you're referencing. <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. Well, that, I, and then I'm you said origin we... story, and I was like, aha, superheroes have origin stories. You must be talking about worm, because you want me to read I just said I was talking worm. about superheroes. I'm, I'm, I'm glad I'm intriguing you, though. You were talking about hopefully, worm, and I hopefully know Hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll get a, a worm season of this show as well. Only then we'll have a more typical newbie and... Well, not expert, maybe. I don't know how level high you are. I don't know. I think I probably do qualify as a You did write expert. the Wikipedia page or something, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I was one of the main contributors to the Wikipedia page that, ac- yeah. that actually got it okay. put on there. So, you know, that'll be a more, you know, someone who's well acquainted with the source material and someone who's just reading it for the first time. Rather than this, we're both going into this completely blind and often sound like idiots. When we listen to ourselves back, because... Well, yeah, yeah, this time... Yeah, and it'll just be you sounding like an idiot. That'll be great. Unless, uh, much like I am in this, most of my predictions come true. That's and true, you might just predict everything. Wrong. Well, listen, I, some of these podcasts, the people make incredibly accurate predictions. It's really scary. And then some yeah. of them make dumb predictions, so that's fun. That's fun, too. I feel like, you know, we like, in our family, we like predicting stuff. You know, when we're watching movies or whatever. Mm, yeah, we, we like we like we, these discussions. That's that's why we're doing this, really. Yeah. Well, we've had some pretty accurate ones and some completely wrong ones. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, he just gives that whole talk about consequences to magic, which, like I was saying, is something a lot of magic systems kind of lack sometimes. I guess. I mean, this doesn't really have them... <laughs> much <laughs> like yeah. it's not serious talks, consequences he talks about but, consequences but really you know it doesn't seem like there's that much in the way of consequences it feels to me the system. I mean there's there's you know if you use your powers you could be attacked by a steel inquisitor or something that's a consequence like but, let me let me let me uh, I think this is more Kelsier's worldview than an actual rule of the let world. me explain something a bit more maybe I'm got a little bit of Vin inspired paranoia but this sounds to me like Kelsier's saying you need to master this, and I'm going to teach you. Which, you know, if he's going to teach her, she will have to stay with him. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, you know... Oh, I see what you mean. Yes, he's emphasizing that this is a dangerous thing that, that you need to be trained in. Yeah, what you need to be well-trained. You need to be as epic as I am, who's had it, I don't know, like two years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a real expert. <laughs> That kind of gets funnier every time. He's just... He's so... He was really cool in that one chapter where we got to see him fight, and he's always so slick and so confident and stuff. Uh, actually, early in this chapter, uh, Vin rec- reckons his alamancy, uh when he's burning tin is part of the thing that makes him confident. Because hmm. he has oh, that yes, extra... He, because he, yeah, he, he knows what's around him to a, a much greater degree. Yeah. Of course, he also says stuff like... Um. always, you know, have your smoker effect on and always have your tin on. You know. Yeah. He he, he says that. And Vin is much more intrigued by the uh, ability to block out people like Breeze than the ability to block Seal Inquisitors and stuff, which I feel like is going to change later because I... There's going to be a fight between a Steel Inquisitor and someone in this book later on, probably. Speaking of fights, it'll be interesting to see Kelsier go up against... I don't want to say a real Mistborn, but a more experienced Mistborn. You know, how good is Kelsier, really? Yeah, it's hard to know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's hard to know. <laughs> <laughs> yep, as always, we're, we're starting to run up against the limits of, of what we can possibly deduce, or at least what we... No, what we what we can possibly deduce. I'm sure there are, are other people who have deduced much more than us at, by this point in the story. Yep. Um, and I'm sure there are much more laid back people who just are reading it. Probably a lot faster than we are. That wouldn't be hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I know. I wish we could read it faster, or I could read it faster at any rate. But you know, I do. I do enjoy the long conversations. Yeah, I do think this is a this is a fun way to consume media. Long. You wouldn't want to do it with every conversations you consume, <laughs> but it you you really you really draw out these interesting little details and possibilities. 
Okay, uh, I guess that's us pretty much wrapping up. Yeah, so like we said, the chapter ends with Kelsier is like, okay, now he, he explains, still pushing and iron pulling. Now we're going to jump over the city wall. Actually, the city wall. I looked at the map, right? Can you go to your map? I don't know. Maybe I'll just go to the one in my book, right? Because uh, there's a map. And we know where Club's house is. It's number 10 on the map. Club shop. And if you look, that is here. Look, look, at, the, look at the map. And readers, yeah, look at your map, right? The city wall is here. That's a long walk. Are you sure it's the city wall that he's jumping over? And not just a wall? I'm pretty sure it says it's the city wall. It's like, hmm. you know, right? Um... Long pause while we both try to figure out what's going on. <laughs> they must have walked for a long time, right? They had this whole conversation. I'm putting this conversation at an hour, just because it took me, like, I don't know, 40 minutes to read it or something, so... Oh, wait, wait, here we go. Vin could see the massive city wall. Haha! Was I right? Um, yes, you are, you are, you're right. Okay, yes. Yes! Uh, so, uh... For context, uh, when that uh, long pause does get cut, that was about a minute of looking. <laughs> yeah, we just sat there and tried to figure out, because they keep calling it just the wall. But if you if you go back far enough, yes, it is just say. Vin can see the massive city wall looming above them, and she's like, what are we doing here? We're going to practice iron pulling and steel pushing, Kelsier said. Yeah. So, like I'd like to point out, you all have maps uh, in your books, unless... We assume. Maybe, if you have not I don't know how audiobooks the one, work. The one in my ebook is very small and yeah. illegible. At any rate, you can look up the maps if you really want. But it's a really long walk. He walked, They walk like halfway across the city to get... Yeah, from the shop to I, the wall. I mean, I which don't, we don't, like, again, we don't actually, know if anything, how big the city is, but that's now, a pretty long walk. That confirms my, I think. You know, I was saying, I compared it to Dublin. Yeah, I feel like you could probably walk from A to B in Dublin, like one end to the other, in about two or three hours. Maybe I've I've been to Dublin. You know, enough. Like, I feel like. That's about right. Uh, honestly, that makes me feel like this place is maybe smaller than Dublin. Although this place is probably more condensed. Yeah, maybe. Than well, Dublin. Well, maybe. Although you would think, I mean, Dublin's a, a modern city. They've got, you know, modern tall buildings. Yeah, but I mean, like, this is like cramped ska size. That's true. I don't this know. This is like, uh, you know, I'm for some reason I'm picturing like you know, like, insulates and stuff. You know, like, Roman Empire-type plebeian. Okay, that's not at all what I'm picturing, but, uh... I'm, I mean, I'm, not I'm, literally I'm, like that, but, like, the, that in, type of in conditions. In my mind, it's almost Victorian. <laughs> no, I, no, the setting is Victorian, but, like, that um, type of cramped... But, yeah, I could definitely see there's kind of cramped tenements and slums and that yeah. type of thing. That's what I'm picturing, anyway. So, anyway, they walked for... They walked probably a fair, distance, a anyway. fair bit... And now they're trying to jump over a wall. Actually, does Kelsier? He does something. Oh yeah, he gives her a belt in case she in case she falls. Oh yeah, he says he's gonna try and catch her with his with his metal manipulation. Yeah. If she's like Kelsier, are you insane? I just I haven't even used this power yet. And he's like, Oh yeah, here's a belt so I can you know at least attempt to catch you. And she's like, Ah oh, no. And I felt then in that moment because mm. I don't actually know the height of this wall, but I'm assuming that it's like, I don't know, 30, 40 foot wall or something. Whatever. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a tall city wall, and I've no idea what it's going to be like. So anyway, don't forget to read chapter 8 before the next episode. And yep, and after that we're going to do a sort of retrospective episode where we'll basically go over everything we've got over uh, in, yeah. in fast forward. We'll do um, a quick discuss discuss what of... we think might be coming up in uh, part two. Of yeah, the book. a part one overview and a discussion about if if we take part one as like a, a giant chapter, and of course uh, the audio quality has been slightly improved. Now, so. yeah. So hopefully, after after well, what we're gonna have is next chapter. Then we're gonna do this overview, which will hopefully serve to sort of 
uh, provide anyone coming in with a potential starting place that doesn't have the audio problems of our first few episodes. Um, we'll see how that turns out. Well, as, as, a- as always, uh, you can find us on Twitter at PodYoungAdult. You can email us uh, podcastyoungadult at gmail.com. Uh, you can leave us reviews on all the various podcast apps and give us thumbs up and all sorts of things, uh, which we would love. Yep. So, thank you for listening. Don't forget to read chapter 8. <laughs>